All right. So I hope after all that you're very well acquainted with <laughs> Moses' story. Um, I'll just get a bit organised here. Thanks, Zach. All right. So those videos have been pretty helpful, haven't they, in setting us up, um, giving us a bit of background about the characters. Um, but Moses, I think, is one of those characters that whether you've been in church for a really long time or whether you're quite new, you've at least heard his name. He's one of the iconic figures, if you like, of the Old Testament. And that's because, he, for good reason, I mean, he was the one that just by stretching his hand out over the waters of the Red Sea, they parted across their width. Um, by striking a rock with his staff, an entire stream flowed out enough to uh, quench the thirst of the entire Israelite people. So we're talking about a guy who God used in some amazing ways. But what I want to do tonight is I kind of just want to rewind a little bit right back to the beginning. So the first part of Moses' story, because before, you know, any of that happened, before God used him in that way, there was a story of formation, where God was forming Moses into the person that he was going to need to be for that future. So we're going to jump into Exodus 2 in a few moments. Um, so if you have your Bibles with you, you can get that ready now. But just to give us a little bit of background, um, just in case you missed it on the video, um, to set us up, the Israelites, they're in Egypt, they're slaves, and they're being forced to do hard labor, probably at the time building some of the pyramids and those sorts of things. And, you know, they're multiplying in numbers. And Pharaoh, he's getting a bit worried because their numbers are just getting so to the point where he thinks that they can overtake um, the Egyptians and they'll overrun Egypt. You know, by this point, there's millions of them. So he puts out the order that every male Hebrew baby needs to be thrown into the Nile River. So this is the time that uh, Moses' story is set. So you can imagine there's a lot of chaos and there's a lot of fear around this time. So let's just jump into Exodus 2, verse 1. So it says, About this time a man and woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. The baby's sister then stood at a distance, watching to see what would happen to him. Soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river, and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Then the baby's sister approached the princess. Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you, she asked. Yes, do, the princess replied. So the girl went and called the baby's mother. Take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I'll pay you for your help. So the woman took the baby home and nursed him. So she's getting paid to nurse her own baby. That's what's happening here. Later, when the boy was older, his mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. So what we have here is all the information we pretty much get for the first 40 years of Moses' life. And at first glance, it might not seem like we have a lot of details to go off, 
Um, you know, we don't really understand, well, how, did, how was he raised? What did his upbringing look like? But what we can do is we can take these verses and we can apply them to the, what we understand of the culture and the context of Egypt in that time. And we can start to unpack a lot about what Moses' life would have looked like growing up. So a few things that we can understand is that it was the cultural norm of the time for a baby to be weaned off their mother at around age five or six. So that probably would have been the time that he was taken to Pharaoh's daughter at the palace and then moved in at the palace and was raised from then on as an Egyptian. And being raised as an Egyptian, he would have been educated as an Egyptian and being in the palace, that would have been the best education in Egypt at the time. He would have learnt the Egyptian language he would have been given responsibilities and some level of authority in the position he was in. So we can start to understand that Moses just wasn't any person. He was quite a capable and intelligent individual. And that's the first point that I kind of want to touch on tonight is that our circumstances create formation in our lives. And what we can see is that's happening here in this part of Moses' life. And I find it interesting that when we look at these 10 verses, we don't see God mentioned once. But we can still see God all throughout this piece of Scripture, can't we? We can see him in his provision in Moses' life. And I really like that as an image of the fact that, you know, sometimes in our lives when God might seem silent, when he might seem like he's not there, oftentimes that's actually when he's working the most. And that's what we can see here in Moses' life. He, he wasn't silent. He was in every detail. He was creating opportunities for Moses, opportunities that people like him just didn't have. He was a Hebrew. We need to understand that because the Hebrews were slaves. They didn't get education, specifically the kind of education that Moses would have received. So we need to understand that these opportunities, they weren't accidental. They were placed there by God because he was preparing Moses for a purpose. And that's what I want to um, touch on next is the second point, which is that our formation positions purpose. All right, And what I mean by that is that God's formation in our lives positions us for his purpose for our future. And that's what we see happening here in Moses' story. So I just want to press pause for a second, and let's just focus in on this one chapter. And let's just for a second ignore the rest of Moses' story, okay? We'll come back to it, but let's just ignore what we know about the rest of his story. Let's just focus in on just this part here. If we did that, we wouldn't really be looking at these details with a lot of significance, would we? And I think for him living this out, he probably wouldn't have been looking at these details with a lot of significance, but you see, we've got that gift that we can look at the entire story of Moses and we can see what he goes on to do. We can see his future, the things that God later calls him to. And because of that, we can see that here and now, through these experiences, through his upbringing, that God is giving him very specific opportunities, positioning him for the purpose that he has later in his life. And I just think that's an awesome reminder for us because... You know, just like Moses, we don't know what our future holds. We don't necessarily know where God is going to call us to, but neither did Moses, and yet still God was working in every detail, preparing him for that future, and he's doing the same in our lives. And I think that can just give us quite a confidence in that, yeah, we don't know our future, but we're going to be ready when it comes, because God's preparing us for it. 
So I want to jump back to Moses' story for a second. Let's just pick it up from where we left it off. So he's 40 years old at this point when we next hear from Moses. And he's going out in the fields. He's overseeing a job by Pharaoh. And he sees the conditions that his people are in. And he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. And he reacts in that moment. And he kills the Egyptian. And then suddenly... Moses is deemed a murderer, and he has to flee Egypt. And what we have in this part of the story is a turn of events. Because for the next 40 years, Moses is out in the wilderness. He's a shepherd wandering around. And you can imagine he just came from the palace, royalty, right? It's a bit of a change going to just the wilderness. So this is a very interesting um, change in the story, right? And I don't know how good your memories are. I think that I'm okay. But I could imagine going 40 years on that he'd probably be forgetting a little bit about his past. He'd probably be forgetting a little bit about his people, even his family who are still back in Egypt. It'd almost be like he'd be moving on at this stage, 40 years on. And then this is the moment that God calls him. This is the story of the burning bush, that moment where God reveals his big plan. And it's like, up until this point, it's been a bit grim, right? The Israelites, they're in slavery. Um, Pharaoh, he's killing the babies. And then Moses, he's kicked out of Egypt. So nothing's really going right up until this point. And then suddenly there's this moment where we feel like this is that moment in the narrative where things are going to change. God has a plan, and that plan involves Moses. And then what's Moses' response to this extraordinary call that God has just given him to save his people. He says, actually, he has a little bit of a freak out, and he starts to say things like, well, who am I to be able to do this? Who am I to be able to go back to Pharaoh? And he starts to panic, and he starts to make excuses. And I honestly used to read this, and I'd get frustrated with Moses. I'd be like, what are you doing? These are people you tried to help 40 years ago. This includes your family. Why are you making excuses? God just said he has a plan to save them. Why wouldn't you want to be a part of that? And then I suddenly realized how much of myself I actually see in this part of Moses' story. And I think that if we're all honest, we could probably agree that we each have times in our lives like this as followers of Jesus, where we We know that God is calling us one way. We know that he's guiding us in a particular direction. He's calling us to maybe speak to someone, to do something, to go somewhere, and yet we fall into that same uh, mode that Moses was in where we start to make excuses. We start to come up with all the reasons why we're not the right person for the job, all the reasons why we can't do it, And we forget the fact that he's actually been forming us and positioning us, giving us everything we need for these moments so that we can step into them with confidence. And yet, how often do we do exactly what Moses was doing? But I want to just look at what God's response was to this question that Moses asked. You know, this question, well, who am I to go back to Pharaoh and I think this is a fair question. I mean, we all feel that sometimes. We all feel that sense of, well, you know, who am I? We feel inadequate sometimes. Like, we don't measure up. You know, why, why would God call me to do this? I can't do that. So what was God's response to this question? 
Um, So it's in verse 11. I think we have it up there on the screen. So it says, But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And God answered, I will be with you. Isn't that such a simple answer? And yet it's all that Moses needed to know. Right? When we're in that, those times where we think, well, you know, who am I to be able to do this? I don't have this. I don't have that. Well, what God is saying here to Moses is, you don't need that because you have me. And that brings me to the last point that I want to make tonight, which is that God doesn't call us alone. He calls us in partnership with him. Because, yes, we need to remember the fact that God has been forming us through our experiences, giving us opportunities, positioning us for a purpose. But he's not calling us to that purpose alone. He's calling us to that purpose in partnership with him. And if we can understand that, then we can actually step confidently into it because we know that, yeah, he's been preparing us for it, but even if we don't have something, even if we feel like we don't measure up, it doesn't really matter because God's going to give us everything we need and he's going to provide for us. So I kind of just want to end by looking back at Moses' story for a second because I think it's important to have a look at the ending of Moses' story, right? So he, he argues with God a lot. That goes on for quite a while. He gives a lot of excuses, um, as we saw a few in the video. But eventually he does say yes. It took him a while, but eventually he does say yes. And because he says yes, we can read on. And what we can read on is the story um, of Moses, the story of the Red Sea, the parting of the Red Sea. Miracle after miracle after miracle, we get to read God using someone like never before. And it's just an extraordinary story, but it all started in that moment where he was willing to just say yes to the calling of God. And I guess that a question I've been um, thinking about lately is, you know, how often do we put a stop on the calling of God? Or how often, another way to say it is, how often do we put a stop on the adventure that God has planned out for our future simply because we make excuses or because we say no in those moments? So... I kind of want to leave it there, but let's just um, pray. And, you know, um, I just want to encourage us for those moments to be thinking about how we respond to God. God, we thank you that you call us. We thank you that you have planned our futures and that you have a unique purpose for each of us, that you've been giving us each different opportunities, different experiences that position us each very uniquely. And God, we pray that in those moments, those moments that you call us, that that we can remember, we can remember that you've been preparing us, God, but we can also remember that you are always with us and that because of that, we can step into your calling, step into your purpose with confidence, without fear. Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.